eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the offseason, the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. Now let's transition to the week that was and the Daniel Jones deal to start off before we get into what else the Giants are doing around him. Um, you mentioned a little while ago, Tyler, a uh, very team-friendly deal and, you know, player-friendly for Jones to the extent of he kind of reset the market as far as not yet proving himself to be an elite quarterback, but getting $40 million on the annual uh, uh, value. But the Giants are in a contract, as you wrote about as well, where they can get out after two years. It cost them a little dead cap in year three. But, you know, they're they're kind of – they're committed – but they can get out fairly quickly without it costing the general manager his job. After you wrote that piece on Daniel Jones and he continued that surge, wins the playoff game, and look, you want to put the Eagles playoff loss on him. I think it was on the whole team, and I think they were a little overwhelmed in that game. But still, he was the best player, arguably, out of any team in, in wild card weekend, the way he performed versus the Minnesota Vikings. Where do you stand now and the people you talk to then and now stand on Daniel Jones and the trajectory as the Giants have now paid him and locked him in? It, he's like for a, for a quarterback with a somewhat you know pedestrian, boring name, and even game, you could say he's he's got to be like the most fascinating quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's right up there because you can get opinions all over the place. You know, I wrote that story. It might have been a week or two before that Colts game when they clinched the playoff yes. berth. And, and it might have been after I mean, they won in primetime versus the Commanders when Thibodeau had the big day. I think that was when the Bulls started the role on the Daniel Jones stuff he did. I yeah. think I could be wrong. So there was a, an NFC exec that I talked to who's – been in, in this position before. Do we extend this quarterback? Do we not? And I mean, he can make you believe he's like, look, Jalen hurts a quarterback in your division. Always been a stud, always been a star high school to college to the pros, been big time moments and delivers. And he's just like Daniel Jones. You know, nobody really wanted him out of high school, you know, Princeton, but they did, they didn't even really want him. And he gets to Duke and he was never that star at Duke. And he kind of gets to the giants and, He's like, there's never that moment that showed you this guy can just be that dynamite threat. Yet there's also the, you know, 
the Rich Gannons of the world and um, God, who else I talked to for that story? Giants teammates and some other scouts around the NFL and some sources around the organization that are like, look, yes, he does have these limitations. He might not have this throw through a brick wall arm strength. He might not have the, I mean, he's the fastest quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah. Vanilla Vic. Vanilla Vic. (laughs) But I, I think the point is, this can work even then, even before that Colts game, even before the playoff win. This can work because you've got arguably the greatest teacher of the position as your head coach, and he's going to be unbelievably critical. He's not – Brian Dable isn't somebody who coddles you. I mean, he pushes you. I, I always liken him to Mike Holmgren with Brett Favre early in his career. I mean, Holmgren would just ride Favre. He'd get on him, and he got the absolute best of him. He harnessed and maximized – you know, the, the the strongest arm in the NFL. And you saw that with Josh Allen. He he was a different yeah. quarterback without Brian Dable. I mean, it's the numbers might have looked similar. If you watched him game to game, play to play, it was different. So if, if he believes in Daniel Jones, then everybody should believe in Daniel Jones. So that's kind of what I try to figure out with that story. And, you know, the lead of the story, which we, we talked about on, on the postgame show is, Training camp, right? He, yeah, yeah, he put him through hell. Setting him up he to gave fail. the blades to wink. He set him up to fail. Yeah, and set Tyrod up to succeed as the backup because oh. he knew that the position is mental as much as physical, and he wanted him to fail, and he wanted to see you know that the coverage be what the coverage would be. I mean, you know it better than me. I wasn't following it every day, but it probably wasn't pretty. Uh, and then when this guy would I, react to it. I could tell you, because at my heart, I've always been a Daniel Jones defender more than anything, because I think the organization has failed him. And even in his low moments, you could clearly see the athleticism and the ability to make plays. But I could tell you in training camp, I mean, he led to a Dable. This is led to serious bar arguments amongst friends of, of giant fans and stuff like that. Like the highly debated, I hate Daniel Jones versus you don't know what you're talking about. And it was like, that was the breadcrumb him failing in camp and Tyrod succeeding. And people really thought Tyrod could be starting by the beginning of October. Oh, by the way, Tyrod Taylor, the perfect backup quarterback to have for a guy that gets banged up. Daniel Jones just happened to not miss many games this year. Um, With that, Tyler, you know, Daniel Jones is not going to be the little engine that could at a Duke anymore now, right? I mean, he's won a playoff game in this market in New York City. Um, by the way, the other team in town might have Aaron Rodgers playing this year. Not that you want to judge yourself against the Jets, but that's going to matter from a fan base point of view. When you get the contract, and even if it's not Patrick Mahomes' money, $40 million a year on an average, I know it's a little less on the cap hit this year, is a big deal. The expectations are now there. Like, you know, and the idea that he threw 15 touchdown passes is a little overblown. He didn't play the last game. He ran in seven. What should he slot at the two-yard line and throw those in to make people happy? But nonetheless, 22 total touchdowns. That number has to go up. They have added Darren Waller. They didn't add a number one wide receiver. Let's see what they do in the first round of the draft. They add a guy like Paris Campbell with some incentives. They bring back Slayton. They bring back Hodgins. They bring back Sterling Shepard. They sign a guy like Jamison Crowder. I mean, they have a bunch of who knows, number three receivers again, but Darren Waller is the the big one. So a two-parter for you. Number one, what do you think the realistic expectation on a step forward for Daniel Jones should be? And number two, do you think Darren Waller is that perfect, you know, compliment that should help us exceed those expectations for Jones and this offense with Dave. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No doubt. I mean, you're. I, I think it's a guarantee that he's just going to be better in 2023 than he was in 2022. I mean, guarantee? All, all the, the weapons around him, Darren Waller, guarantee. I mean, a, a full offseason with Brian Dable, it's, it's a complicated offense. I talked to Isaiah Hodges, actually exactly where I'm sitting here in my bar down in the basement, and he's like, man, it. this offense – for receivers, unbelievably complex because you've got option routes, you've got layers and routes playing off of each other, and then the rhythm of the play calling on top of that. There's a reason he succeeded so quickly as a waiver wire pickup in the middle of the season. He was in Dayball's offense for three years in Buffalo. He, he knew what to expect. So for Daniel Jones to have another year in that offense um, is immeasurable. I, I mean, his numbers will be better. He'll throw for more yards. He'll throw for more touchdowns. I mean, it's hard to put a number to it, but, I mean, he's got to get close to 30, I would think, passing alone. Yeah, and and if you focus on that number, which so many people do, the Giants were 16th in the NFL in touchdowns scored per possession, which I think is a more telling stat because it's about what you do when you have the ball. So they were exactly middle of the pack despite the weapons they had. So now you add a Darren Waller, and look, say what you want to say about Paris Campbell. I got to assume that this is an offense where if he's – you know, first of all, look at the quarterbacks he's played with as well, by the way. That does matter. I think that he will be a little bit of a factor here this year and, again, what they do in the draft. So, you know, even if you're not focused on the, you know, hey, 15 touchdowns needs to become 30, 16th in the NFL, I think it's fair to say, you know, this team should try to get to that number 10 maybe in the league in touchdowns scored per drive. And, oh, by the way, that complements with a very aggressive Wink Martindale defense. Totally. Totally. And I love the Darren Waller trade because – this is just another smart, forward-thinking move by Joe Shane to, to look at the wide receiver market. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not I'm not spending too much for Jacoby Myers and Juju no, Smith-Schuster and Alan Lazard. Good, not great players. The Giants just did Darren that with Waller Kenny Galladay. Has... We just did that with Kenny Galladay. We know. have scars, Tyler. Scars here. <laughs> yeah, I thought you. I thought you weren't allowed to say his name actually I, i'm well, surprised you know, this podcast he scored continue. that touchdown versus philly in week 18 from davis webb so he'll forever be immortalized you know what he had a big block in the playoff win over the vikings to a big run block that was kenny galladay's signature moment as a giant <laughs> oh my gosh it's like uh the, the nfl's bobby Bonilla of sorts right they right, should just kind exactly. of stretch that money on out uh but, but, to, to but i mean darren me, waller darren waller that's the guy <laughs> He has the potential to be special, great. I mean, we saw it. It was just in 2019, 2020 that he is statistically one of, if not the most dynamic threat at tight end in the game. I mean, he's he's huge. He's athletic. He's got it all. I mean, huge if the injuries, specifically that hamstring injury. It sounds like he's going to monitor it. He's going to really take it easy in, in the offseason and that he's on the same page as the Giants. I'm sure they're not going to push him through OTAs, through minicamp, through the running. I mean, he's got to get up to speed on this offense that we just said is really complicated. But you you want him healthy. And if he is healthy, he, he's the player that can bust open this passing game, even at 30. I mean, it's, yeah. he's not 35, 36. I think you, you're still looking at, you know, a few years in his prime. And what I love most about it, Sean, is, I mean, we'll see if they extend him before the season. I, I'm not really sure what they'll do there. I, I love getting players on one-year deals. 
Yeah, he did a uh, like a con- conversion to give them more salary cap room, but it didn't tack on any years. So I'm with you on that. And Waller's admitted that his dad grew up a Giant fan, so he has that dad home thing. And by the way, his 30s a little younger because remember he didn't play as many snaps early in the game uh, in his totally. career. And and oh by the, the way, addiction. Yeah. And another thing to note, you know, for any Giant fan who maybe keeps focusing on the wide receiver part, and, and I'm with them. Remember, Mike Kafka comes from the Kansas City offense with Travis Kelsey. Brian Dable was the tight ends coach in New England with Rob Gronkowski. These two guys' minds putting together and molding this offense are going to know how to utilize tight ends, and they will run a lot of two tight end sets because they like Daniel Bellinger as well. So I, I, you know, look, Waller will split outside at points. So I am definitely less fearing because they don't have a true number one wide receiver due to Darren Waller. But you brought up the injuries, Tyler, and I know we've done a nice glossing of Joe Shane, and deservedly so. I love the man as a Giant fan. I do. This is an offseason offensively where it's fair to say they the reason they're able to get Waller so cheap in a trade is his injuries the last couple of years. I brought up Paris Campbell because that's the sexiest name at wide receiver they signed. A guy who was a second-round pick that's been oft injured with the Indianapolis Colts. Finally was healthy this past year. Sterling Shepard, they brought back on a bare minimum. I'm not sure what you could expect from him. He might be there holding the Ford for second-round pick Wandell Robinson, who, by the way, is coming off a torn ACL. Do you think that Joe Shane is you know potentially is put together too much of a of a risk mixed bag of guys with injury histories that could ultimately lead to the demise of this giant offense and again Daniel Jones being set up to fail. Ooh. I think that there's a yeah maybe my my glasses are are a little too rosy here but I I feel like they've got a lot of guys and a lot of guys who can contribute. I, I like Hodgins more more than most. I oh, think yeah. this is a I mean, player who's He's he's yeah. the healthy given. We're looking at him as like the next Amani Toomer with the Giants. That's kind of like the way he's viewed, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's um and, and and Slayton. You mentioned him. Um, yeah. Campbell is off of a career year with Indianapolis, and and that offense was a train wreck last year. I mean, you've got Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles and Matt Ryan's. I mean, six hundred ninety years with Sam Ellinger. Uh, six hundred ninety yards receiving with Sam Ellinger. Nick Foles and Matt Ryan. I mean, on the scale, that's like 900 yards with Daniel Jones, right? And and, and Brian Dable's offense. It certainly feels like that. It doesn't. I guess it's the nature of the offense too. It, with Saquon still there and the offense still running through him, which by the way, that's worth 10 million bucks this year. That, that, to me, that's good for all parties involved. Obviously, they probably like to get the number down. Maybe another year, another year after that. But still, he's in his prime, which you can't say about a lot of running backs. It's, it's not an offense where you're going to be spreading it out with four or five wide and just – I don't think you need this number one prototypical X that you're going to target 15 times a game in a Brian Dayball offense. And I get it. He had that with Diggs. But the year before they had Diggs, that offense was still pretty damn good. And that was just Josh Allen's second year in the NFL. You had John Brown, Cole Beasley. Um, they, they still made the playoffs. They blew it against Houston – uh, I, I think that this offense is a lot better than that one. And maybe it's because I wrote the blood and that's how tight ends say football, right? Which if you subscribe to go long annually, I'll send you a copy. Got to work that marketing in, Sean. Uh, Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey. We love Shockey. He's worked in in there. Yes, exactly. Um, well, oh, Tyler. Before- that was that was my favorite chapter by far. Yeah, Shockey's the best. That was my that was my AOL uh, screen name. My aim screen name was Shockey for Prezi. It was my favorite player. Loved it. I mean, obviously, I'm a high school kid at that point. Loved Jeremy Shockey.